0: Listeners, and welcome back to Fandible Podcast Network and our show, Tell Me About Your Character, where all three of our listeners get to listen to us talk to the luminaries of the RPG community. Uh, We've got people who make podcasts, we've got people who play games, we've got people who I found on the street and managed to bully into being on this show. It's great. Those, I feel like, are often the best guests, honestly. Yeah, no, exactly. And today, I am really glad to be joined by Jeff Stormer from Party of One. Please go ahead and introduce yourself to
1: our listeners. Hey everybody, Uh, my name is Jeff Stormer. Uh, As you mentioned, I am the host of Party of One, which is an actual play about two-player role-playing experiences. I am also one of the co-hosts of All My Fantasy Children, a podcast about tabletop character creation on the OneShot Network. Uh, I am also a game designer. You can find my stuff on Itch.io. The one thing you cannot find on Itch.io yet, but will be on there, is perhaps my most notable game design work to date, which is that I am the official LARP designer of the Olive Garden restaurant, <laughs> unofficially speaking, and uh, I designed Mission Accomplished, which went uh, funded on Kickstarter last November and should be out in stores sometime before June. Awesome, things looking like we're on track. Absolutely awesome, and we actually got to play
0: that one with you. Yes, yeah. it was a lot of fun. That was a good game. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a it's a highlight of uh, of last year. All right. Well, welcome to the show. You are uh, one of our very first guests. We're still ironing out all the kinks here or or airing out all the kinks. I'm not sure uh, which one of those applies, but either way, kinks. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, I imagine. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And well, as the name of the show implies, we're here to talk about, hopefully, one of your favorite
1: or more memorable characters that you've played. So who are you bringing to our little tabletop today? So I am bringing a character that I'm actually currently playing. Their story is not yet done, and I'm very excited. We're very close to the end. It is the first time that I've ever played a campaign through to the end. Like, we're two sessions away from being done. Oh, awesome. But this is a character that I am currently playing. I'm currently exploring his story. I am bringing to you the story of Pretty Boy the Changeling. Uh, He's part of a Shadow of the Demon Lord game that I've been playing offline, off mic, which is a weird experience given how often I am playing with a, with a microphone running Audacity in my face. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is the character that I, I am bringing to the tables. Pretty Boy the Changeling, uh, Magician, Witch, and Doppelganger, specifically. Magician,
0: Witch, and Doppelganger.
1: Yes, this is for uh, Rob Schwab's Shadow of the Demon Lord. Uh, and the way that class progression works in the game is you have a novice tier, an expert tier, and a master tier, and each tier you pick a new class and get new abilities. So he started out, he was initially a changeling, because you start out with just an ancestry, you don't get a class until first level. Uh, So he started out as a changeling. When he got to level one, he took on a novice path of magician. And then at level four, he became a witch. And at level seven, seven or eight, he became a doppelganger, which is basically fully embracing his changeling heritage to push his shape-changing abilities to terrifying new heights. Neat.
0: All right, so we know a little bit about what he is, but so tell us, how's he joined into whatever adventure you're in now? Tell us a little bit about his his backstory and his current history.
1: So his backstory, uh, Pretty Boy is a changeling. Changelings are people that are the People that have been, that were used by Fae to replace children when the children are abducted. They are mostly sticks and mud and a little bit of, like, chaos magic. Yeah, I've, I've met people like that, yeah. Yeah, right? You know the, you know the type. Um, they are, like, not human is a, is a key way to put it. They remind me a lot of Prometheans from Promethean in that they are alive, but, like, specifically not, you know, not quite like they have that sort of unearthly quality to them. Uh, Pretty Boy specifically Uh is a changeling who is cursed with the with the ability the inability to lie in any situation. Like he has to tell his version of the truth no matter what is happening. A challenge when you're when you're when your sort of innate nature is to take on the faces of others. Which drove Pretty Boy to um pursue a way that he could explore his truth and the truth of the world through taking on the appearances of others which is theater so he so the so the idea is he can only lie if he is not in another person's face he has the ability to literally steal the identities of anybody he makes of anybody he like can see with his eyes uh, if he is not in someone's face or in someone's disguise he is incapable of lying. The only way that he can commit to telling a lie and not immediately blurt out the truth is by putting on someone else's face. So he spends most of his life wearing other people's faces. Specifically because, like, it is... And, and because he is a, an adventurer, he is a rogue, he is a, a, you know, underhanded hero, a hero sort of doing illicit deeds for the greater good, it often behooves him to have that face on and lie. Especially since recently, as in when he became a doppelganger and sort of transcended into into fully embracing his nature as this, you know, body-swapping creature, entity. He gained the ability to, when he steals someone's face, also take, also like capture all of their memories and thoughts and feelings and skills. So if he be- if he takes on someone's face, he can literally like live out their entire life and has all of their skills and languages and memories at his command, basically.
0: That that, that sounds like it's a you know, mildly useful skill
1: in. in occasionally, per- yeah. occasionally comes in handy. Yeah, in
0: just certain very specific circumstances.
1: Very specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Pretty Boy was a. Grew up, and Shadow of the Demon Lord, a little bit of context, is a post-apocalyptic, There's is fantasy post-apocalypse, is how I would describe it. The, there is a portal to hell that is slowly expanding. Um, the Demon Lord, the ultimate dread god that will consume the world, is slowly pulling through, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So it is merely trying to survive in a world that is slowly being consumed by hellfire. Uh, Pretty Boy, however, be was... Because of his inability to lie and because he is just, you know, a little bit naive and and a little bit good-hearted, has grown up very, like, trusting and, and hopeful in the world. This, however, sort of backfired when he discovered that somebody, a high-ranking member of the church, had struck a deal with a demon, was like, was was an infernal agent working to corrupt the church of the new god. Pretty boy immediately walked into the nearest, like, chapel and was like, that guy is working with demons. That's the one right there. So the church, being the church, being a monolithic organization, obviously took this very seriously, handed him an official summons and sent him off to the holy capital of the land. With this official summons, they put him on a boat and then quietly, told the, then quietly gave orders to the boat to just go. Just sail off and never be seen again. the The summons naturally was a blank piece of paper. Uh, of course, we shipwrecked. Uh, I met the I met the fellows in our our adventuring party. We we struck up a bond, and we've been living in the pirate isles, trying to do good in this world of pain and suffering ever since. All right. We All right. Uh, most notably have uncovered the golden lady, which is, uh, we're on a whole adventure path about trying to recover this magical statue and bring it to her necro, the necromancer that we think might have animated her. We're not clear on the details yet, but like we're trying, but like by doing that, we're hoping to stop an army of the undead from coming from the land beyond the wall of storms. It's a whole situation, but we're on our way to solving it pretty boy has gone through a lot to get here and hopefully we can save the world or at least some people in it for once.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. So, he like has got his, he's got his path set before. him. you said that he's... this this campaign's kind of uh, already heading towards uh I guess uh, the final confrontation or the final uh event.
1: Yeah, the, the nice thing about Shadow of the Demon Lord as a game is that like it is structured in a very it is structured in a way that I describe as very like adult friendly gaming which is it says you gain a level every session no matter what happens at the end of a session you gain a level you only go up to level 10 so you are guaranteed to play through an entire campaign in 11 sessions counting level zero so the idea is like there's a very set amount of like you will tell a full campaign story in this many sessions which makes it easy to plan so we're on session 9, I think we're on 9, 10 now. I think this is session 10 of an 11-session campaign, so we're very close to the end. We've we've seen these characters through to the end.
0: It's an interesting approach, though. You, you basically, the game from the beginning tells you you're, you're going to build an arc, you know, yeah, story arc. Yeah, and
1: it's cool for the Game Master because it, it basically says, like, you have this long to, like, you know that this is, and you know the characters are going to gain, like, significant jumps of power here and here. So you can plan out like, okay, so if we're going to make, if this is the level that we become the next tier, here's my big earth shattering event to like change their status quo. It's very cool. I like, I'm a bit I am a big fan of how, of the game on a mechanical level.
0: Interesting. I, Cause I've heard of the game pretty often, but I, I haven't had a chance to, to give it a shot. Now I'm interested.
1: I love the way that it approaches, sto- I love the way that it structures stories, but that is, that is talk for a game. A, a <laughs> a tell me about your game podcast, not tell me about your character. Right.
0: So for your character himself, though, so we know we know he's heading towards a final confrontation. So but you kind of skipped over a few parts there. I think there was, there was a moment when you said uh, many things happened. Uh,
1: yes. Let's go ahead and expand on that one. Sure, sure, sure. So um, something something, some things of note that happened very early on. Like I said, we fell in with this adventuring party. Um, he had he very quickly uncovered that this piece of paper was blank and that he was sent off to his demise. So he had this crisis of faith that the religion that was very close to him suddenly meant nothing, and they were willing to just throw him aside for bureaucracy's sake. So since then, he has been trying very hard to find something to believe in. He spent a long time thinking that was people, because our first few adventures were very much, someone is suffering, can we, like, stop this? Or, like, there's an adventure, but there's also a subplot about, you know, can we help this person. For example, um, we had to investigate... Somebody... Somebody... Uh, uh, the mayor's prized pigs, the mayor of Scrapple Cove's prized pigs had gone missing. We tracked this. We uncovered that there were an elven temple. The elves, of course, have been dead for a thousand years. We uncovered the temple. We fought some some demons. But, like, the idea that... But there was still this thing where this mayor had been undergoing this crisis. So... We kind of investigated it. We found that the mayor had been actually kind of a serial killer. So we, like at Pretty Boy's insistence, it was like, no, we don't leave this island until we get till we settled this. We we're like we know that this person is hurting people. We can't let him live. So we had what I would describe as an X Men Two moment. Remember the ending of X Men Two when they stop. Well, yeah, they stop Stryker. And then they go to the White House and there's the lightning crackling and they're all sitting in their uniforms and they're like, you're not going to oppress mutants anymore. We had this moment where like all of us, because we have one of our uh, adventuring party is a clockwork. So a 10 foot tall robot police officer, we had him bar the door. We had all of us walk in and the rest of the party walk in and sit down and just go, you're going to hand yourself over to the rest of the, to the towns, like the town guard. Like, you're going to turn yourself in because if you don't, we are going to settle this. Like, you have hurt people and that cannot be allowed to stand. So a lot of his journey has been that, has been how can we do good and help people in a world that is crumbling around us and in which the forces of evil and suffering are we have already won. Like, we have lost that fight. How can we do good in that environment? And that's been a lot of his emotional journey. Neat. And apparently
0: doing so in a rather badass way while you're at it. That feels pretty good. It's, yeah. at
1: that, that particular moment felt pretty good.
0: Yeah, definitely. So does he? So he's part of a, an adventuring party. Does he have like any yes. particular sort of connections with anybody uh, in the party?
1: Yes. Um, Murphy, the clockwork robot, who is a security robot that, um, that like, had been awoken after about 100 years and has restarted sort of a police force, very Robocop-esque. Pretty Boy immediately gravitated to him as, oh, you're doing, like, you're doing this to help people. Like, even if I disagree with your methods, like, we are trying to help people. So he has been a constable of Pretty Boy in his, like, makeshift police force for a long time now. We actually just parted ways, because in our last session, uh, there was a monster that was, like, taking over people's brains and, you know, causing them to try to tear our party apart and cause us to fight each other. Murphy killed the, uh, killed the other person that I had a connection with, which was our hireling, whose name was Ditzel. You see, uh, Ditzel, in one of our missions, I don't think it was Scrapple Cove, I think it was a different operation. Ditzel and I went undercover as twin brothers. Ditzel and Mitzel Schnitzel. We were the Schnitzel brothers. Since then, Pretty Boy has really imprinted onto Ditzel, like, the, like started to say, no, we're, we're twin, like, we're twin brothers, this is what's happening here. So having Ditzel be killed by his best friend's hand has shaken his belief that you can really be a hero, and he's sort of now taking a stance of, we just have to save the world and complete this one thing, and then I never have to see any of you again. Cause we lost party members and we've had, I had friends die at my own friend's hand. I lost a blood brother. I don't know that I can believe in heroism anymore, but like I have to, right? Like I have to still believe that there is good out there in this place that maybe we can still do something good. So I'm really, I'm really feeling this like moral quandary. (laughs) I don't know if you can tell how into this, like, Oh yeah. Can you be a hero in this environment space is like my jam. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, he's had a hell of an arc. I mean, you, you described him when he started as almost naive. And, mm-hmm. uh, and now going into this just like almost world-weary sounding character. Yeah.
1: He's He has seen and lost so much at this point that like, I'm curious to see like where he ends his journey. Like, I have ideas, but I'm curious to see where he ends up. So, actually, let's go
0: into a little bit, a few of those ideas. Because, okay, let, let, let's skip over the actual ending. Because we don't know until we get there but the ending happens presumably you win he survives best case scenario right he right. You, best case best scenario best case scenario you win you save the world and you're still alive on the other side where do you think he'd go from there i mean does so he so right
1: now here's my theory here's my operating theory we've had a rivalry for a very long time with the queen of the with the queen of pirates and the red Our crew often like to make the joke, more like Anne the Dead when we get through with her. We finally, like, met and confronted Anne the Red, because she had kidnapped Ditzel and Ditzel's maybe romantic interest, we're not sure yet. Kidnapped the two of them, held them ransom. Before we went off to return this statue, we confronted her, we got our friends back. This was the moment I had actually become a doppelganger, and had gained the ability to not just take someone's face, but their life and we needed we actually needed her we needed a way to get past to get past the wall of storms on the edge of the world into this other island where this necromancer is living this is when i pitched the theory of well why don't i just take her face and her memories and like she cuz she had visited this island so i was like well then if i just take her memories i will remember the route that we took to get to this island i'll write it down in a journal I will hold on to that. I, I, will, I will become our pirate captain and, and hold on to all of her years of pirating experience. I haven't taken off that face because I, I want to make sure we can get home. So kind of where I'm feeling right now, if the if if everything goes as I, I think it might, if nothing changes about my current mind state of, towards the world, towards heroism, I think that at the end of this, Pretty Boy might climb into a boat, sail off, and no one will ever hear from Pretty Boy again, but Anne the Dead will rule the seas in place of Anne the Red, and will fight for righteousness, and, and will, will be the, will be the counterbalance to Anne the Red's cruelty, as Anne the Dead may be trying to bring some level of justice to the seas, and be, and be, be, try to maintain that sort of heroism, but I think Pretty Boy might just vanish into the mist and take on a new face and disappear. Whether or not it's as a Pirate Queen, I have not yet decided. But, like, as of right now, I think I think when Pretty Boy is done with this, Pretty Boy will take on a face and disappear.
0: I mean, there's worse career options than Pirate Queen, honestly.
1: Yeah, right? It's, it's not a bad one.
0: All right, I need to take a step back here, though, because you mentioned, and this is something that, that that comes up every so often on the interviews I've done on the show, and I always need to to poke at it. You mentioned a potential romantic interest for the character.
1: Uh, Ditzel, we met a pirate, one of Anne the Red's crew, named Bloody Priscilla. Um, Bloody Priscilla was on the run from Anne the Red. We offered her protection. She joined our crew. She was our, our next hireling. The two of them immediately hit it off parf and like you know given that it that we we all watched this happen and went oh no they're falling in love (laughs) We, we 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 did a lot to like we put them on a boat together and said you you two spend some time together we need you to do this side job while we do this you go off and uh that's when they got kidnapped afterwards we talked to them and we got them both to admit that yeah maybe something happened while they were on that boat which is what we're all looking for, but then Ditzel was thrown into a was thrown into a volcano. So like, now we're real upset. Like I don't, I'm very, I I feel bad for Priscilla because she wasn't even there to see Ditzel die.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm very upset. But is she still around? Like, is she still part probably... of? She is, She's still in the crew. She was on our boat when we crash landed on the island on on this on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. We needed we needed people to repair our boat, so she was part of the the boat crew. Ditzel came with us, and then Ditzel was killed. So like, we have to go back and tell her like, Ditzel's dead. Yeah,
0: that's gonna be that's gonna be a difficult conversation. Yeah, just a little. But hey, she's still around. Who knows? Might might even play a role in the, this after story.
1: Fingers crossed. I feel like I I, I feel like. Right now my stance is if I know if I can just leave and like sever ties with this group and like so that none of so that like they can live their lives and be happy while I go off and die a hero's death. I'd be all right with that. If they want to come along great, but like my role is here. My pretty boy's role will be done and whether 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 Anne the Dead or some new identity, whether whether Mitzel Schnitzel lives <laughs> on as a detective, whatever role I take in the next life, if they want to come along, that'd be their that's that's their decision, right? Right. Okay, so this character, on its own,
0: fucking awesome, right? I mean it it stands on its own as pretty badass. But for you personally, when you think about this, like I mean you, you you've played you know, a character or three in your time, right? A few, yeah, a few. Exactly. But you chose this one to talk about to our vast crowd of all three listeners. What about him? What What about him is it really that strikes you most?
1: I, I love. I am a sucker for heroes. Hero like uncompromising heroes, especially when things get difficult. Especially in worlds that require compromise. Playing this character and like in this space where, you know, it is expected, it is expected that you will make deals with the literal devil, right? Like it is expected that moral compromise is the order of the day. Uh, We often laugh at the end of sessions that it's not so much a hooray, we did it as, well, it's a, it happened. There's, there's not so much a good job as job. And, like, that's, I think, very interesting. And, like, playing a character who is, like, no, we're going to do good in this space is, like, has, is something that I've thought a lot about since, like, creating the character. I also think about him a lot because, like, part of a a note about the character is Shadow of the Demon Lord has tremendous random character generation. There are tables upon tables upon tables, Almost everything about him is randomly generated. I randomly rolled that he was going to be a changeling. I randomly rolled that, like, his appearance is... There's an appearance table, which is 3d6. The obvious, like, the the common results are you look unremarkable. And I happen to roll a 17. Which is that you are so pretty that, like, people look at you and become... And are, like... They look... You you look like a, a, a porcelain painting. And then I added the detail that if you look at him from the wrong angle for a split second, you are mortified. But otherwise, he is a a, a picturesque beauty. And so, like, I, I rolled all these tables and came out with this character, and I was like, I desperately want to see where this character goes in this universe. You know, whether he becomes jaded or whether he dies because he wanted to make a stand, following this character's journey has been super meaningful and has been like fabulous and interesting. And you know, like there's a lot of interesting identity stuff that like is fun to explore with a changeling. the idea that like he can change who he is and he can change, you know, like the idea of 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 exploring all of that, you know, like I am and being that I am like a cisgender guy, like it is sometimes healthy to explore those things and be and poke at them and be like, let's let's kind of live in that space for a little bit, has been interesting and has been fascinating to play around with.
0: Especially for a character to that especially at that doppelganger level where yeah. it's not just the appearance, it's it's everything. It's their
1: memories. Yeah, it's it's what is it like to be this person is right. compelling. And is for for as someone who loves playing social characters, mm-hmm. playing a character that is fundamentally taking on other people's lives is super interesting is, is fascinating and, and cool as hell
0: and I'm really I'm really sort of fascinated by by, by the approach that uh, you took there at the beginning because you know for most people you come into the game with an idea of what you want to play. You're like I'm gonna play the bard you know I'm gonna play the rogue. I'm gonna play a space marine you went with the, you know, the random generated tables you're like mm-hmm. all right you know dice decide for me but then once you
1: saw what they made you just kind of fell in love it sounds like oh for sure i started as i'd say i got halfway through character creation and was like yeah this is the character that like i want like because it was it would have been entirely possible for me to roll like a human fighter or like a human soldier and been like okay cool i'm gonna play this character it'll be interesting but like i rolled this character like i had already you know, rolled a few times and been like, okay, he's a changeling. He's taking on people's faces. I think he's sort of a, he's sort of, you know, compelling and and weird. And like, then I rolled that he is unable to lie. And then I rolled that he is an entertainer. And I was like, I don't see how these connect unless I can make it that he can lie like he can't lie. But if I'm you, well, you can lie. Or... I could make it that he is an actor, and that like by performing as this character. You know, because I we are we are both artists, we think about this, right? The idea that like art is in its own way conveying truth through fiction. I loved the idea of a character using that half as delusion to justify their moral compromise, and half to have that character and half as just a genuine belief of like, this is my art. I'm going to put everything I have in this. It's just been amazing and cool and weird. And like, I'm definitely randomly rolling my, my next character. If pretty boy dies next session, yeah. which might happen. <laughs> may very well happen. I've actually done that a few times myself,
0: uh, not not die in the next session, although yes, that too, but uh, you know, done the, the randomly generated characters and yeah, it is, I've had that kind of happen to me where just the story that the dice start to tell becomes really
1: compelling. No, it's the, it's the mat. Like that's for me, the magic that's magic. That is pure magic shameless plug this is what that is also what we do every week on all my fantasy children is a lot of letting the dice tell the yeah. story which, which by but the like, way it, also,
0: which by the way one of my favorite podcasts I've, I've oh I, I, I did I, I, I discovered it very late I discovered it a, after we had uh, our, our session of your game uh, and I was like all right who is this guy uh, so I started looking into it and I went way back to the very beginning I'm like let me start back
1: there. I think that's what you got to do really. yeah and
0: I've still got quite a backlog to get through but yeah it quite quickly became one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, podcasts.
1: And I think that's what the magic, like the magic to me of letting the dice tell the story is what makes, part of what makes role-playing games special is like, I know the things that I am passionate about. So those things will show up in the story that I'm telling regardless. But if I just kind of let random chance dictate the next piece of the puzzle, and then I have to fit those pieces together, it, I think it creates fascinating and vivid art.
0: Well, there's two parts to that to me. it's One is that as soon as you're letting the dice decide, the story, it, it becomes not just your story anymore. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. as humans are curious about other stories. So as soon as it becomes a, this story outside of me, now I'm really curious. Uh, there's that. And the other is when you get those weird juxtapositions in the space between these things is where the story happens. Right? That's that's mm-hmm. in the space of these two things that shouldn't fit together. That process of fitting them together is where real creativity tends to tends to be born
1: mm-hmm so I think it's I, it's the beauty of it's the beauty of this this art form that we are all taking part in exactly exactly all right, well, I think we're starting to draw to the
0: end of this little interview, but before we go, we uh often do one thing here at Fandible in most of our shows, which is we try to end with some kind of question that we pose back to our listeners so do you have something that either you personally would like to ask them regarding, uh, you know, their character choices or their character uh, ideas? Or perhaps even something that you think uh, your character himself would would want to know from others?
1: You, you know what? Now that you mention it, I do have a question I think Pretty Boy would like to ask. All right. Because I think that, like I said, he's been in a place lately where he is beginning to question, like, Is it worth it to do these things? So the question that I want to ask your listeners and their characters, right, is what have you done to help someone recently? What have you done to actually, like, help make someone's life better recently? And I I ask that you spend some time thinking about that and that hopefully if you can't find an answer easily that you take some time to to make an answer for that because... Whether it be the world of the Demon Lord or the world of 2019, the shadow of the Demon Lord is out there, and all we have to fight that thing is each other and ourselves. So what have you done to help someone lately?
0: Nice. I like that. Uh, Advisory, any similarity between this podcast and uh, current world events is purely coincidental.
1: Of course. Of course. (laughs) This is art. These are
0: fantasy role-playing. Exactly. Fantasy role-playing games. It's absolutely zero connection to the real world. Of course not. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. That would be <laughs> silly. That'd be silly. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a real oh, delight to have is you. This my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And, and uh, before we go, any last things you want to say to our listeners? Any Anything else you need to plug? Anything you've got going on?
1: Uh yeah, you can see all of my work, my game design stuff, my podcasting stuff, all the stuff that I do at JeffStormer.com, uh partyofonepodcast.com, all my dot Uh I think that's pretty much everything, or you can follow me on Twitter at PartyOfOnePod.
0: Excellent. And we'll have links to everything on the show notes. So if the listeners just go ahead, check on the website or check your podcast app, you should see all that there. And once again, Jeff, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. All right.
0: Good night. Thank you so much for listening to Tell Me About Your Character. If you enjoyed this, you might also want to check out our many other shows on the Fandible Podcast Network, dozens of actual play tabletop RPGs, and our long-running series The Solo Shot and Long Shot. And if you really liked it, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com fandible. Not only will you get episodes early, but you'll also get access to our subscriber-only Discord server and the Fandible Notebook, now featuring the soon-to-be smash hit game Three Goblins in a Trenchcoat, by yours truly. Come back next week for more Tell Me About Your Character.